I would say that, this, and, and I'm not saying like, this is not a path for everyone, right? Like, you know, like for me, I'm, I'm trying to grow my business. Like, you know, like I'm on a path to, you know, I want to have a seven figure business, right? I want to have something where I can, you know, essentially manage a team of people that are manufacturing things. Right. And, you know, for me, you know, and I wish I had this grand strategic document that I was like going off of and said like, you know, three, you know, at any given point in, in this journey, like if you asked me, it's like the, the job, you know, the, the job interview question, well, where do you see yourself in, in five years? I don't know where I see myself in five months. Welcome to the Laser Source Podcast, the number one podcast if you're looking to grow or scale your laser business, or if you're just getting into lasers, we've got everything you need to know, especially now because we've got the great Alex Campbell here joining us on the podcast. Uh, again, it's our it's our second week in the row with him, uh, part two. In the first part, we talked all about the technical setup, the machines, uh, kind of kind of what what's going on inside. Uh, Alex's shop and uh, we, we go into things like EasyCAD 2 and, uh, you know, Galvo lasers and how to buy them and just buying machines in general. There's a ton of just really, really, really awesome information in that episode. So if you haven't already listened to that one, pause this one, go back and check that one out and then meet us back over here. Uh, because today we're getting into the business side of things. We're going to be talking about taking the leap into being a business owner and, and putting all of your eggs in that basket. We're going to be talking about uh, the workflow, uh, some custom website things, getting different clients and customers. So uh, I'm really excited to jump into that with Alex Campbell today from Etrified. Alex, thank you so much for joining us. Well, thanks for having me on the podcast. Yeah, of course. It's so great to have you back here for uh, for for part number two. Uh, we've also got with us today Tony. What's up, Tony? Hey, what's going on, everybody? Geo's over here hanging out. How's it going, Geo? Good. How are you? And uh, Lithgow Lights from Down Under. What's going on, Lithgow? Hey guys. All right. Uh, not a lot. That, good. Good. Hey, that's good because we're here. <laughs> we're here. Uh, we want a hundred percent of our focus and attention on Alex because he's got gold. He's got. We're opening the treasure trove here, uh, and I'm I'm really excited to pick your brain. The first thing that I, I really want to ask you about, and uh, I've got I've got my own stories I'm not going to bore people with today, but I, I love hearing other people's uh, stories on this front, is how you decided you were sitting at work one day, you're working a full-time job, you're, you're doing whatever, and, and you're like, well, this is it. I'm done. I'm going to start my laser business. How did you make that decision? How did you know it was the right time? Uh, what steps did you take when, when you started? I, I, I Just let me know. Well, let's hear about it. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the first one I'll give is that there's never a right time, just like having kids, getting married, uh, you know, there's so many life events, buying a house, you know, there's no right time to, to start your business. Right. And if you're waiting for that right time, you will die. Right. I spent, you know, 20, you know, 20 years as a paramedic. And if there's one thing that I learned is that life is very fleeting, right? Like, and, and I think that that's, sort of a concept that, you know, uh, paramedics and nurses and people that have, have, you know, seen a lot of that stuff deal with, right? Is that I, I know in my, in the back of my head that I could leave here, I could get killed on the way driving home from my shop today. Right. So, mm -hmm. so it's, it's that little bit of like, if you don't do it now, you're never going to have that chance to do it. Right. Um, but basically, you know, as we sort of meant, talked about in the last podcast, if you haven't listened to the first episode of the podcast, I recommend you go do that. There's some more origin story stuff there, but basically, um, 
you know, uh, I was working for a big, uh, you know, governmental, you know, health department, right? And really, um, you know, I've always been interested in entrepreneurship and business and, and technology, right? And I'd worked on actually in the last few years, a couple like really big, cool technology projects where I actually spent, you know, one, uh, six months actually investigating uh, apps for uh, CPR, like crowdsourcing CPR. So someone has a cardiac arrest, like you send out like a, a, a text message to anyone who has this app downloaded and they go do CPR because if right. you don't have CPR done on you, if, if the ambulance shows up 10 minutes later, you're, you're done. Right? right. So I did some, some research like that. And, but what I found was that, um, you know, the larger our organization got and, and I was working for like, literally, I mean, it's the second largest corporation in Canada like next to the military. So, I mean, it's that big, 100,000 employees, right? But right. there is a lot of, um, you know, and of course through COVID and stuff is that a lot of the focus really shifted from doing things that were like innovative and, and, and cool to like just keeping things going, right? I mean, I, I've been a, a behind the scenes paramedic. I haven't been a frontline paramedic for quite a long time, right? But what I really saw was that, um, you know, there was not as much innovation happening. And for me, like it was just a fulfillment thing, right? Like I was like, okay, do I really want to like, you know, go up, become a middle manager, you know, you know, it, it, great wages, you know, pension job and stuff like that. But really I, in the end, it just wasn't a, a fulfillment of the work. So the way that actually sort of happened was that, you know, um, I was a public education officer, right? So, you know, the, the key part of that being public. So my job was like very public facing, right? So four or five days a week, I'd be in elementary schools, talking to community groups. I was actually our media spokesperson as well. So something happened, I'd actually go on the news and talk about what happened and stuff, right? So, but when COVID hit, uh, you know, automatically no schools, no community events and stuff like that, right? So basically I was like sitting around and, you know, doing like Zoom calls with a bunch of like uninterested high school students about like careers and stuff. And really, I just like lost all my drive to, to, to do that stuff, right? I mean, if you're not, if you're a public education officer and you're not educating the public, it's really kind of like a you know, uh, you're really disheartening. Yeah. But on the side, so for a few years before that, I'd actually had my, my uh, CNC engraving business, right? So, and as I mentioned before, I started on Etsy, fantastic platform for, for that sort of stuff. Uh, any type of craft stuff. Cause the big thing is that with Etsy versus even like Facebook and stuff is you get access to a global market, right? And you can actually choose who sees your stuff. But I mean, I was selling signs to like Italy and all over the north, you know, actually, uh, northeastern United States is actually where most of my clients were from, like in like New York, New Hampshire, Vermont, and stuff like that. Um, and I was selling those signs, but what I found was it was really just such a negative experience, right? So, like, as, as most people know, with like custom Etsy stuff, is that there's very limited customization ability, right? So, it's like you can put in like a couple lines of text of what you're looking for, but really it's up to you to go back and forth with the designer. And really for every sign I did, I was spending an hour or two of like design work and I was using the Vectric software stuff like uh, Vectric VCarve Pro yeah. um, to the designing, sending renderings back and forth with the customers. But what I sort of came to the conclusion on was it wasn't a good, uh, it wasn't good for the client and it wasn't good for the, for the, uh, for the, for the maker. Right. So it's like, no one's having a good experience doing this. So I basically started thinking about like, you know, I, I'd, I'd worked with, you know, companies like Vistaprint and stuff like that in the past. And I'm like, well, if I can order like business cards or t-shirts or like other promotional goods, why can't I order laser engraved items the way I can order a business card? Right. I'm like, it's same sort of, you know, same inputs really. Uh, it's just, how do you, how do you get that output? And, um, you know, basically I knew that e-commerce was the way I wanted to go because, 
to do things in volume, doing one-offs with customers is, is really tough, right? And I think that's, you know, one of the most common things that so many people ask, how much should I charge for my work? Well, it's, it's different, right? Because I can have a client that walks into, because I, I do some job shop work, but I'll have a client walk into my shop and they'll be like, okay, here's like a USB stick with what I want on my, on my thing. And the next one comes in and they're like, well, I want something kind of flowy. And, you know, and then you sit there for like half an hour going through fonts and stuff. And what I do is I actually have like a 27 inch monitor. I just turn it so that we can both see it. And then we just sit there and like in light burn, I just do up the design and I just import like an image of what we're engraving. So like if they bring in a cutting board or something, I actually just take a picture of the cutting board, upload it into light burn and then do the layout right on the cutting board. So there's no questions of like, okay, how is this done? Right. right. Um, so that when they leave, they have basically an idea. They take a picture with their cell phone or whatever. And then that they know that that's what it's going to look like. But even that, like it takes so long that even if you're charging, you know, a minimum $35, $45, it's just not cutting it for the time you spend. So I started poking around, uh, you know, I, I built a, a bit of a Shopify store because I knew that I wanted to sort of sell through there. But my goal with building my Shopify store was finding a plugin that allowed people to design things. And in the print world, it's easy, right? You can go through like Printful. You can actually do drop shipping. A lot of people don't know this, but like if you want to do like start a t-shirt business, you don't have to touch a t-shirt to do a t-shirt business. You can like go to like Printful or like Custom Cat and stuff like that. Um, and then basically you can like load a plugin for a Shopify store that sends the designs to them. They make and fulfill your order and send it to you. And a lot of these like canvas companies that do those sort of like, you know, they make like big canvases for your walls and stuff with the pictures. It'll be like, 30 companies feeding one factory. Um, so there'd be like 30 different storefronts and they all feed one factory that makes them, right? And that's the grand scheme of things. That's might be down the road for what Etchify does. Uh, right. Actually, the, the like manufacturing side of things where people can just, I can just get orders through other companies and not do the sales, but that's that's something else. But so I found this plugin called Zakiki. And uh, it was basically had the features I wanted, right? So for one, it could do like an engraving preview where I basically say that you're only allowed to have like a gray color. I wish it could do like an overlay, like a silver overlay on a, on like a cup or something. But like with um, a cutting board, for instance, you can actually do a reduced opacity, like a dark brown reduced opacity overlay. You can't do a drop shadow or anything that would really sort of simulate the engraving, but it's a pretty good approximation, right? But the other features are that you, someone can upload their own artwork and it actually will remove the background from their artwork. So you can go on Google Images, find any mm -hmm. you know image of a you know cowboy, whatever you want, and as long as there's not like a ton of color in it, it will upload to to my site. Now, there you know it's it's not the end all be all, right? Because the the interface, especially on mobile, uh, about sixty five percent of my clients order from mobile devices, which is something you can just find out through analytics, but. The experience on mobile, I mean, mobile, phones are not meant for graphic design. Like, you know, as much as people would like to think they are, they're like, it's not meant for graphic design. Uh, the interface has some things where it's like sizing text and like rotating things can be a little bit clunky in, in that. But for the most part, I mean, I just hit over 16, like in, in one year that I've basically been operating my website, I hit 1600 online orders with very little uh, very little issues. Like for, for people, I've maybe gone back to five people and asked them to, for like a better logo or like different artwork or something. Mm -hmm. And for the most part, it just works. 
Um, it has trouble because it, it basically works on like a threshold type thing. It has a little bit of trouble with like reds and yellows and stuff. But for the most part, especially like someone uploads like a black and white image, it'll just put it on their cup or their their cutting board. Or soon I'm actually getting into uh, dog tags, um, like, like, like pet tags, um, uh, like things like ridge wallets and stuff like that and jewelry as well. Um, so I'm actually really expanding out. I'm using that fiber, my fiber laser and I'm going to be expanding my metal offerings as well as things like cake pan, like I'm doing those like JDS cake pans as well. Um, but all of them, you can get a basically a good approximation of, of what you have. Now, basically I, I took all that stuff and basically built a website. And then all of a sudden, like day one, I started getting orders, right? And I'm like, okay, well, this is actually working, right? And between that and then my CNC work. So I had like, once again, like I had this huge, like four foot by eight foot industrial CNC router. All this stuff is in my garage. So I got like a Galvo CO2, uh, a three foot by four foot gantry CO2, a four by eight foot CNC router with like a five horsepower dust collector and stuff. I had to run extra power wow. to my garage now, and are stuff. You, are, you <laughs> still, are you still working at this point? Uh, at this time, I'm working, at this point, I'm working full time, yeah, right? Yeah. So this is all yeah. just like, it's all just like Night my side gig, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. You know, and, and, but basically like, you know, like when I started getting busy, I was coming home from work and I was working for six, eight hours sometimes, or like staying up to like two or three in the morning, getting up at six and then, and then going to work again. Right. And it always been in the back of my mind that I wanted to, you know, leave and start my own business. Right. But it's like, you know, there's never that right time. But, uh, you know, as we mentioned in the previous ex- episode, I found this co-working space, right? And it was this co-working space. And, and because I was processing a lot of wood at the time uh, and doing a lot of these live edge signs, I wish I had like a, a, one of these to show you. Like there's just, uh, yeah. uh, maybe I'll send you, I'll send you a couple of photos of some of this stuff. That you yeah, maybe or we could uh, check it out in the screen. Discord yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, so I was making these like absolutely like just gorgeous signs. And really I thought that that was going to be like a lot of my business. So between Etsy and then Etchified, my website, I was starting to do some good sales, right? Now, when you're working from your in your garage, um, those sales like that that money goes a long way, right? So then all of a sudden, I'm putting money away. I'm saving up to get you know the the, the big Galvo laser and stuff like that, and it, it was going pretty good. But then I found this this co working space, and I'm like, oh my gosh! Like, and, and then I was just talking to people there, and I'm like, okay, these are the people I want to spend my days with, right? Like these are the, these are creative people. This is where I want to spend my time. Iron sharpens um, so, iron, right? It's like you got yeah, to yeah. be around those motivated entrepreneurial people and, and you kind of hone those skills yourself too, just by surrounding yourself with those kind of people. Yes. I mean, there's a guy making, you know, like, like ultra high-end lighting fixtures, you know, and doing the, like all the design and, and like he had like a Haas mini mill. And you take like chunks of raw aluminum, make them into like $2,000 light fixtures. And there was a, like I said, like a toy maker, graphic designers, a perfumer, all these guys doing just like incredible woodworking, right? But what I found with that is that my laser engraving just kept growing and growing and growing. And then I found that I was enjoying the woodworking less and less and less. And a lot of that was to do with just like, you know, return on your, your time investment, right? So like, like the woodworking stuff, um, you know, it's, 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 uh, you know, like your profit margins seem high, but it's a high time investment, right? So you might be right. making, you know, you take a $40 chunk of wood, you turn it into a $300 sign, but your time investment is four or five hours, right? So like your, your, your dollars per hour is actually a lot lower than you'd think with any of the custom wood stuff, right? Plus when I was actually working with like real woods craftsmen, like, like people that knew what they were doing, I was like, Oh, actually, I don't know a damn thing about woodworking, right? Like, so, right. so you know, I'm like, I can make live edge signs, but like, you know, this idea of like, you know, making end tables and stuff, like, and and even at that, like, these guys would be putting, you know, like, you know, 50, 60 hours into something that they're making like a thousand bucks on, right? And I'm like, okay, well, that's 
you know, not a, you know, sustainable business model, right? Like if you have like right. super low overhead, uh, it, it's one thing, but you know, like as I was growing, like my, my overhead was becoming more and more. And then the other thing was lasers and a wood shop don't mix. So basically every day, like I'd come in all my tumblers, like all my carts, you can see how like, uh, like I have these like U-line covers on my carts and stuff, close them up every day. I come in They're like, everything's covered in dust. My, 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 uh, gantry or my Galvo CO2, like I'd be blowing like sawdust out of it every day. And then basically I was like, okay, I need to get out of here. So sorry. When I moved into the, into the, uh, into the, um, into the co-working space, that's when I decided to quit my job, put in my resignation. So I'm actually still on the books as a, as a casual paramedic. And actually through like November, December, like minus 20, I actually had to reorient and like go on the ambulance again. So I was actually like middle of the pandemic. I spent like two months working on the ambulance again. And for me, that was my time that really solidified. I'm like, uh, you know, like this isn't for me anymore. Right. Like it was, you know, like pan- working the pandemic, like, and I mean, shout out, I mean, it's September 11th today. So I mean, like shout out to all the first responders, all the frontline workers and stuff that are, that are, that have kept going through this pandemic. Yeah. I know today can be a tough day, especially for like the firefighter brothers and stuff, but man, like, you know, it was just something that like, I just didn't have in me anymore. Right. And, and I mean, you know, anyone, if you talk to police officer, paramedic or whatever, like there's excitement, but I mean, like the bulk of your day is just dealing with other people's crap right <laughs> you know right. like sure. it's you know like other people have you know it's like you're not saving lives like you know i could count like my entire career i've probably saved like 10 lives you know and like you know only some of them are like lives. You know, yeah. but, but you know it's like only save 10 lives everybody but it's you know it's not it's not you know it's like you know you watch like a chicago fire or something like that you think that they're like you know they save every people day. like every day right sure. it's like yeah. you know like like you know you can go a long time between like you know like actually making a difference in in someone's life right like you yeah. know and that's that's a little bit frustrating right and then like add the, the pandemic and stuff on top of it i was like okay hey, like i i'm just not going back to this well, right at some point too it's like so, you kind of you kind of aged age out of it you know like let the young guys do the hard work you know i mean you put it you put in your time you've you've changed people's lives you've saved people's lives like that's incredible and uh now it's like you know i i think i think it's okay to give yourself permission if you've sunk 10, 15, 20 years into a career and you you did what you wanted to do down that path, mm-hmm. like saying, well, I've been doing this for 20 years. It's too late to go start something new. That's that's I, I think it's OK to give yourself permission to say, like, I want to I want to hop on a new track. You know what I mean? You should be doing what brings you happiness. You didn't waste 20 years being a paramedic, you know what I mean, or teaching health. You, those were years well spent, but it might be time for you to like, you know, switch tracks and do something else that, that makes you happy and makes you feel fulfilled. I think it's okay to give yourself permission to do that. Yeah. And I think that, that another thing that a lot of people that might be considering leaving, um, like, especially, you know, like, let's say like a government pension job is that people like the one thing that actually like in my last couple of years of, of working, the one thing that like, just like broke my heart every time I heard it was people would be like, Oh, only five years till I can retire. And mm. it's just like, man, like, like, it was just like, it broke my heart every time I heard it because you're like, you're, you're like, you know, you're, you're talking about people that are just like literally trading years of their life for money. And, you know, I saw, you know, I had a couple of colleagues, uh, just die, you know, pass away suddenly. Um, you know, that was really sort of like a big wake up for me. Yeah. And, um, and then, you know, I had another couple like close colleagues that I worked a lot with and, you know, they, they died like a year after they retired. And I'm like, I'm not going to, tra- you know, like you have a fine, like you have a finite amount of time on earth, like, 
don't let something as silly as like, oh my gosh, like, you know, if I don't have this pension, like I'm, you know, I'm going to, you know, be homeless in, in 20 years. Like, don't let that thinking stop you from doing what you want to do. Right. Like, I mean, I, I, and making less money than I've probably made in the last 15 years right now. And I mean, that's part of, you know, starting a business too, right? Like the first couple of years are lean, right? Like, you know, like good thing I got a sugar mama at home. Right. But, uh, hmm. uh, you know, but, uh, but it's, um, you know, I'm making half of what I've been making probably for the last, you know, like 10, 15 years, but I've, I'm more fulfilled than ever. Right. And I, I think that there's this fallacy that people think, you know, when they get this job and they're like, oh, you know, like, oh, my version of success is like living in this neighborhood or driving this car or whatever. Like my version of success is like waking up in the morning and not going like, fuck, I got to go do this again. Right. Like I like I wake yeah. up in the morning and I'm like, you know, check my phone. I'm like, oh, I got like three sales and stuff. And I'm like thinking like, what's my next products? Like how, you know, how am I going to do this? You know, like I'm thinking about like the day's production stuff like that. Like I, it's I, addicting. I, I, there's nothing I like, there's nothing I'd rather be doing. Right. And that's, and that to me is like probably the biggest validation. Right. And you know, like, you know, luckily for me, I was able to like, once I moved out of the the co-working space and they were awesome. I mean, they let me break my lease early because I found like, like I'm in the perfect shop. I'm in about uh, 1200 square feet on the, on the main floor, 600 square foot mezzanine, lots of storage and stuff like that. But I mean, like I'm in like what most people I think would call like a dream shop. Right. And I mean, like I'm a year into my business and you know, it's, it's just been like absolutely awesome. Yeah. Being able to like wake up, set your own schedule, do what you want to do when you want to do it. You're calling the shots. I, there's just like an infinite pool of energy that you can draw from when it's when it's yours, you know, and uh, it doesn't matter what is yours. But if if and when it is yours, uh, it, it really kind of like breathes fresh, fresh life into you in a way. I don't think that you can even really understand without getting a taste of it. You can you can kind of like picture it, you know, like, man, it would be nice to work for myself. But when you're really in it every day, uh, I totally get like you check your phone. You're like, oh, man, I got a couple orders, you know, or like what products am I going to add? What services can I add here? I, even with the channel, I'm like, like, what lasers can we add? You know what I mean? To like show people I'm like constantly researching and I can't stop. Like I can't stop doing it. I'm doing it all the time because it's it's fun and it's fulfilling and it like brings you just this kind of like weird ethereal happiness that you can't it's, it's very hard to pinpoint but um that's that's really really great to know i'm i'm super happy to to hear that you're doing well and that you found something that that brings you that kind of joy i i think that's really really awesome news and i think that'll give a lot of people that are listening hope that it's not too late you can start now uh and and you you certainly have the power to to walk down that path if, if you're ready and, and you want to um what do, we're gonna just like i'm gonna just throw there's no there's absolutely no because yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that was a really that was really powerful to to hear that from you um but there's there's no good segue for that because it, it's such it's such an emotional and powerful thing but um what happens when i go on etchified and i will do my little thing on zakiki and and i click submit order what, what, where does that, that little packet, my little order, what, what happens where to it when it, it when it goes to Etchified? Yeah. 
Yeah. So first of all, um, I, I will say that like Shopify has been an awesome, uh, you know, an awesome platform, right? And, you know, like I would highly recommend it. It's, you know, it's, there's definitely some bugs and stuff like that, but like basically Shopify is, is like a lot of the, the, the infrastructures where you can plug in apps, right? So basically like you get Shopify, it's like the, the, the core, it's the skeleton, and then you use different apps. So I have like an app called Locksmith, for instance, that I can actually like lock out a collection. So that's actually something I'm experimenting with because let's say I have a police department that orders a whole bunch of, of items from me, right? They don't want their logo available to everyone, but they want their their uh, members to be able to go in and use that logo to design things, right? Mm. So I can actually lock out things like a lock out a collection or, or a product so that someone could actually go in and like, you know, have like a, a Edmonton Police Department login to actually do that, right? And that's just an app, right? right. So the app I use for my personalization is called Zakiki, right? And, and I did a lot of research. I tried pretty much like all the major ones. Like there's like Ink Bay and oh, I can't even think of, of some of the other ones, but like a lot of them had like old clunky interfaces or they, they weren't full featured enough, right? So in the back end, what happens is, you know, of course there's all Shopify infrastructure. And if you want to do volume, so like right now I do probably on average about 15 to 20 like orders per day uh, through the website in addition to like my corporate orders, right? But if it gets busy, like I can do 30 plus orders per day. So, and if you don't have a system for managing that, which is like what Shopify is is good at, uh, it can be really, really cumbersome, right? Because Shopify, you know, it, it integrates with my shipping and stuff like that. So I can actually just, you know, send it off to my shipping app, click on shipping, get shipping and stuff. But the Zakiki part. So what happens is that there's a you know customer facing interface, and this is where this customer focused design came from, right? So when I was researching this, I was like, there's got to be a better way to do this because most people just want like a stock logo or stock image, something simple, a couple lines of text, right? Like, and for me to sit down with someone, if I'm making like twenty bucks on a cup, I can spend exactly zero minutes with the customer um, to, to make it right and, and or to design it right. That's just the bottom line is that. You know, I work in a volume, high volume, low margin business, right? Which is which is what a lot of manufacturing is, right? And a term I'll probably throw around quite a bit here is lean manufacturing, right? So basically, like we have like everything we do is about how lean can you get the process? And lean's not like how cheap can we get it? Like it's not lean has nothing to do with cheap, but it's like mm-hmm. how how streamlined and how much resistance to putting a product out the door with that that value added work. The only time that I'm actually making money is when the laser is is putting things, you know, the 10 seconds the laser is like engraving something. That's when I'm actually creating value. Everything else is just a process that is getting that item out the door, right? So it's like, you know, we have a work cell, right? It's it's very it's very tight. I digress. Uh, back to Sakiki. So what happens is that someone basically, uh, if the, someone uses one of my graphics, so I have probably about five or 600 graphics. So we have like hunting, fishing, outdoors, you know, there's probably like six or seven items that like literally get used like all the time. Like I have this like little like life is good vector. I just buy them on Etsy. Like I literally look for ones that are like unlimited commercial use. I know that there's like all this like crazy dark web of like reselling other people's files and stuff like that. At some point you just have to say like, you know, like if, if someone, some creator from, you know, Lithuania wants to come at me and give me a cease and desist for using their their vector that someone's reselling the design 15 years ago, like come at me. Right. I don't have anything like sports logos, brands, anything like that. Cause that's where you get in hot water. Right. So tons of stock graphics, uh, you know, mother's day, father's day, weddings, anytime there's a holiday, I make sure that I like highlight like what's there. Right. So Valentine's day, I have like these Valentine's 
know, like a sweet tart says, I tolerate you and stuff like that. Right. Like just like little things. I have like a sarcasm and swearing. So I'm going to, I'm going to you again for a second. Yeah. Um, so do yeah. you, with Zakiki, can you, you upload your own vector library? Yeah, people, exactly. That's what you're saying. And it keeps they, a library for you. They pick. Yeah. And then, yeah. Yeah, or and then they have the option to upload something if they want. Yeah, it, so what, how do you handle it when, if, so you're saying we're, Obviously, we're, we're avoiding things like sports logos. What if I log on to Edgeify right now and I upload a New York Giants logo? Are you gonna Are you gonna okay. process that so, job, or are you gonna tell yeah, me so, that so, to so, get lost? So, 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 so I thought about like how to how to answer this basically, but I think that everyone, you know, probably all the people watching this, you know, the 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 textbook answer would be I would send them an email saying. Uh, you know, we're not licensed by the New York Giants to, to engrave this logo. So, uh, you know, please take your money back and, uh, you know, go find someone that will. Bottom line is, if you know, I'm not going to put a New York Giants logo in my, in my library of things. Someone submits a New York Giants logo with Happy Father's Day from, you know, Brad on it. I'm probably going to engrave it, right? You that's, know, like, chances are, here. you know, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and, and that's the thing, right? So, my, there's nothing in my display case that has New York Giants. I'm not selling you a product that is a New York Giants thing, but if somebody comes in and they're like, I'm making a Father's Day gift for my dad, you know what I mean? And they ask, I'm, I'm probably going to run that job for you. Yeah. And that's one of the things that like annoys me on like the Facebook groups is that like, you know, you'll, you'll, someone will be like, oh, well, if someone wants this engraved, like, what would you do? And there's all these like social justice worries that are like, I would turn them away and tell them to, you know, go, go report me to Disney or something like that. But it's like, you know, the bottom line is that like, for the most part, like this is like one-off stuff, I'm going to engrave it. Right. You know, like, um, you know, and the ones that everyone, you know, always, uh, you know, and the funny thing is that like all these people are like, oh, Disney and Harley Davidson will come after you. But I have yet to see like any evidence of, you know, a Harley Davidson cease and desist letter from someone. And, you know, the crazy part is I live in Edmonton. Like we're like, I live 400 miles north of Montana. The amount of Green Bay Packers things that people, you know, don't, no, no one send this to Green Bay Packers, but like the amount of people that want Green Bay Packers logos blows my mind. Like that's like 10 to one to any other thing. But honestly, I would say that like, like people don't want like a logo, like a brand logo that aren't actually with a brand. Like we'll talk about corporate stuff, but I mean like, like the people that want a logo, I'd say like, one percent of my orders maybe like like maybe right. a little bit more than one percent but like it's low like i mean it's it's pretty rare that someone wants that they want like little mm -hmm. sayings they want other stuff right so sure and not to mention that a lot of a lot of the stuff like you know someone wants an nhl logo right now yeti has nhl logo cups and they sell them for like the normal retail price so why would you come pay me you know an extra 20 bucks to engrave something on a cup for you right right so you've got the zakiki library you've got it all filled out with a bunch of pre-made stuff people can upload their own stuff Let's say they finalize their design. They're happy with what they're seeing. Well, before we even do this, I have one other question for you. Um, people can upload their own vectors or, or graphics or whatever for their for their engraving job. Can people upload their own, like, and I know that this isn't how your business works, but like in my business, we specialize in laser engraving everything. That's where the channel name came from. I don't, I literally don't turn anybody away. Can people upload like a backdrop to design on? So like if they had like, uh, uh, like a like a can cozy. Could they take a picture of their can cozy, send that, and then drop like artwork on top? Like, could is there that kind of double sidedness of like not only the the customization but the stock? Does the geeky support that? Yeah. So 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 yeah. If um, on Etchified, basically, I so I have, and that's that's a big part of the legwork with with doing something like this. Is I have photos of every item I have. Mm -hmm. So you're actually live in you're live designing. So in Zakiki, when you bring in an item, so when I have a new item, it pulls it pulls the items from my store, right? So that's that link. So I, I basically say, okay, I want to make you know this uh, you know Tumblr personalized, right? 
So what I'll do is, is I'll actually say, okay, people can choose a front side or a back side engraving. And then there's an actual picture of the item. And I say this item is, you know, 170 millimeters tall. The engraving area is 70 millimeters by 80 millimeters. They have that box that they can do it on, but like they're literally engraving or, or they're putting their artwork on a photo of, of what it is. Mm-hmm. And then they can actually even export a PDF proof of that artwork uh, and like have that as, as sort of their proof. So they couldn't they couldn't take a picture of an item they owned and upload that and then customize. No, no, no. So so but that's that's where I'd sort of differ because I I really that's like job shop work to me. Right. So like that's that's the type of stuff where like local customers bring in items for me to engrave. But all the stuff I do through the stores, all stock that I carry and then people buy stock that I carry. Right. And I mean, that comes with its own issues. Right. I mean, like like carrying inventory supply chain and stuff like that is, is, is really tough for some of that stuff. Right. So yeah. yeah so someone uploads uh, either like a, a JPEG, like a bitmap based or a vector based uh, thing. So you can upload like AI EPS and stuff uh, right to my site. Um, the one that I cringe, luckily people like I have a warning, like when it's, when the customizer opens up, it has a warning with like a little a photo that like with an X over a photo, X, like yeah. I don't engrave photos. And that's like one of the, the problems is Kiki, right? If I engraved a photo, I would have to charge, an extra 20 or $30 processing fee to do a photo. Luckily I get maybe two photos, three photos a month come through. I just process them, which is a night, like anyone who's, who's like tried to convert a photo to vector for engraving. Cause I can engrave bitmap on my, on, on when I do the 3d wrap or even on rotary engraving, you can't rotary engrave a bitmap. If you have like a, like on EasyCAD two, you have to have a vector file. So, and then that was one of the downfalls to EasyCAD too, is that if this vector file is like over like one megabyte, it would crash EasyCAD, right? Like, like it was just like, did, you know, does not compute and it would crash out, right? At least EasyCAD three, I can load like a three megabyte file in. Um, and then the other problem, right, is that with photos is that those are the ones that, you know, it's not black and white, like there's gradations and stuff. And like, I can say that like out of 1600 online orders I've had, I've had I think two or like literally less than five people come back and say like, I'm not satisfied with the quality. Like I'd like a, a, you know, a replacement or something. Every single one has been a photo, mm-hmm. everyone. Mm-hmm. So I, I try not to do photos, right? Yeah. So you upload your, 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 your bitmap or vector based art. Now, if you use something off of my website, so this is the, the, the beautiful thing. If you use something off my website, it actually shoots. So, and then it creates a, so then it creates a, a master file for me, right? If you choose something off my website, it creates a DXF master file for me that I can import right into EasyCAD. So someone goes on, they choose one of my stock graphics, they choose one of the fonts off the website, and they just like design something using that. DXF, I import the output from Zakiki, and it it basically, it creates a zip file on on the server. I have, uh, uh, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of like Zapier. Zapier, Zapier, however it's pronounced. Mm -hmm. I have a Zap that basically drops that into a Dropbox folder with it with that thing and it also unzips it so basically i have like on my on my my cloud documents i just have a folder it'll have no personal information about the client but it has um it has basically like a dxf an ai a png file as well as it has a folder with the images that they uploaded so if someone uploads like a like a, a graphic or something like that and it doesn't come through or the the engraving doesn't quite like the the render doesn't look quite proper I can then take that, that base graphic that they submitted and then I can actually trace that. And once again, I use Lightburn for like the entire workflow, right? 
and it'll do that. But the DXF and the way that the Zakiki works is if I have the proper dimensions, it even comes in in the right dimensions. So right. like literally like I, you know, my workflow is I open up the file, bring it into EasyCAD. I know um, basically just from experience, like what, you know, what uh, the placement on the cup is. So I know that like, for instance, like my middle placement is like 62.5 millimeters in the Y axis. Enter that in. 3D it. So that's what I call it. We call it 3Ding it. It's not, a, I know it's not technically a verb, but we 3D it, you know, wrap it around the cup uh, or the ball or whatever it happens to be. Then we hatch it and then just send, right? So it's, it's a really like fast workflow. Wow. I'd say from, from the, the time that we like open an order to process it to the time it's in the box ready to go is definitely less than 10 minutes. But like I'd say like most items are probably four or five minutes from the time that we open up the file to like wow. actually dump it, right? Wow. Now, if someone wow. has a bitmap, that adds the extra stage of having to trace it. Now we get actually really good. So whatever they see on the website, actually, so the preview that they see generates a 300 DPI PNG file. 90% of the time, we can actually trace that PNG file. Uh, and the fonts are good enough and stuff like that. We can trace that PNG file. And then just like literally like, you know, on, on, on Lightburn, uh, Alt T for trace, enter, Alt X to export it. Like that's how fast it is. It's like 10 seconds in Lightburn, right? Um, and then we will uh, upload that into the into the same folder. So we keep all the folders. And then I also keep, because I have a lot of repeat customers actually that are like, hey, I ordered a cup for you like six months ago. Can I get like 40 more of those, right? Um, and then uh, and then basically I put it back in that folder and then we archive all of those just on, on, on a cloud file, right? So um so yeah, I mean, that, that's the workflow, right? So, you know, sometimes like, you know, probably like one in 10 orders, we might have to do like a little bit of advanced tracing, but like for the most part, and I think that's, uh, that's you know, one of these like fallacies that I think people would have, right? Is it'd be like, oh, if I let people like upload their own artwork, it would be just a, you know, dumpster fire of like, you know, spending all day, every day in Illustrator. But it's like, uh, we have a workflow and like, that's our like lean manufacturing aspect of this, right? Is that like the way that we can make profit on high volume, like low margin items is the fact that, you know, four or five minutes, we can go from, you know, opening the, the, that particular sales file on, on Shopify to having it ready to, you know, box shipping label printed, everything ready to go. That's so, so powerful. I, it's, you've got me rethinking my entire business model over here because I, we do job shop work <laughs> and I feel like to even approach your levels of, of like profit and success that you've experienced in your first year, in your first year, I would have to charge three times more than what I'm charging here right now. Uh, so being able to, to do that and do it so lean and so fast, uh, really blows my mind. I, I, I can't, I can't even wrap my head around it, honestly, because I've been doing things so long this way, you know, um, and it's just, uh, it's just, it's really incredible. I know that you've been talking with Tony a lot about getting him set up in a similar fashion. He has set items he wants to sell. He wants them to be customizable. Zakiki's going to be a great fit. Hopefully we'll get a chance to talk a little Absolutely. bit more about that in this week's Patreon episode, but I'm going to do what I do and I'm going to crack the whip and move us along here. Uh, so the, the website itself, um, you know, there's, we, we live in a like modern, 2021 world where you have to be on 80 platforms, 80 social media platforms, and you have to maintain your website and you have to maintain your social media presence. Um, what, what's your experience with that and getting orders? Do you keep up on social media or are you like all gung ho onto the website? Uh, what, what's kind of your experience with that and like gaining customers? What kind of customers are you serving? Uh, that, that kind of stuff. And how are you bringing them in? 
So, um, so, so once again, so like I, I really focus on the lean manufacturing concept, right? And, and, and honestly, like, so let, let's just to, to be clear up front, because of my website and the way that I do the business is that only about 40% of my actual like sales volume, like sales numbers, like, 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 you know, gross income is from website sales. The other 60% is from corporate sales. Hmm. Now, um, so I, in my early days of doing things, so uh, Etsy, once again, so like I'd recommend if anyone is interested in selling stuff, get on Etsy. Etsy has a lot of like good, like local buying stuff now too. Um, you know, do the Facebook marketplace, do the local things, because the bottom line is that if you have, if you know, A, if you're not making a good product and people don't want to buy it, like that's probably something you want to know, like upfront. Or if you're, you know, making, trying to make something that like, you know, people are buying, like I literally, so, so I actually just fired my first customer because it was this guy and he came in and he's like, Oh, can you like laser cut some letters for me? I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. I like have a laser, I can laser cut some letters. But then he's like, came back like a week later and he's like, can you laser cut more letters? And then like, he just like showed up with like this huge, like sheet of like, here, can you cut all these letters? I'm like, dude, like you can go on Alibaba and buy MDF letters for like a penny a piece. I'm like, just go do that, right? Um, but it, so, so for me, it's it's really been like this, like focus on like lean, lean processes and lean manufacturing, right? And also like, you know, success and profitability are two different things, right? Like my company is not super profitable. Um, you know, I make enough to have the lights on in our shop and you know buy the new equipment and stuff like that. But like actual profitability is going to come with with scale, right? And you know like a you know doubling of sales because a lot of those 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 bottom line things are, are fixed fixed prices. Right. But if we want to talk about like Facebook versus like like Facebook Marketplace and like those the you know the social media things like like you know Instagram or like you know there's some guys in my area like laser guys that are like really like getting into like uh, what's that one uh, TikTok. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can tell how old I am. I can't even think of like TikTok off the top of my head. Right, but right. Um, you know, but but they're like they're like they're banking on those, right? But you know, here's the here's the bottom line for me, right? And I, I sort of spelled it out to you guys before we started the podcast. If if a company wants to do a five figure contract with you, they're not going to look on Facebook pages. They're going to go to Google. Bottom line, yep. they're going to Google laser engraved tumblers Canada. Like that's like literally the number one thing that people come to my website is they search laser and gray or they can search custom tumblers, Canada, custom Yeti, Canada, like et cetera. Right. So it's like custom tumblers, Canada, right. That's the number one thing that people search for. Right. And the bottom line is that if you want to do, you know, volume and get like good high quality clients and not to mention also clients that are like across the nation, I live in, in Alberta, which is above Montana. Um, I do probably eight, well, maybe not 80, probably 60 plus percent of my sales in Eastern Canada. So like Ontario, Toronto area, like, like just like North of New York, that's, that's where I do like most of my business. Right. If I just had like a Facebook marketplace ad going, you know, like, like there's no way I'd be getting that business. Right. So, and then the other thing is like with, with, with a business is that people inherently, I feel have trust in what they think is a business, right? Like e-commerce is nothing new, right? I mean, like, you know, we're talking stuff that's like 20 years old. We're not at the point where people are nervous putting in their credit card details to order something online anymore, right? So um, versus, you know, like, I don't know if you guys ever tried to sell something on Marketplace, but like you get like, you know, 50 people. Is this still available? Is this still available, right? And it's like, you know, like, like, you know, like it's brutal, right? So like I would put like a Tumblr ad on Facebook Marketplace and people would be like, you know, like you get that canned response. Is this still available? Yes. Okay. These are available. Here's how the process works. And so you spend all this time, like making a response or whatever. And then like that person never even comes back. Right. People do all their tire kicking and I don't even know about it. Right. I have a pretty decent, like e-commerce conversion rate at about 5%. 
which is like e-commerce world, that's actually pretty good. Right. Uh, that means that 19 out of the 20 people that come to my website leave without purchasing anything, right? At Christmas time, I'll probably see that come into like, I'm estimating probably the 8% range, which is like Amazon's like 11%, which is, you know, so that's like really good, right? And that's sort of what my marketing team and I have sort of like discussed and we're sort of hoping to, to, to hit, right? Um, but you know, that, that means that there's 19 people out of the, out of the one person that buys, there's 19 people that I don't have to deal with. They come to my site, they make things on the, you know, they play with a little customizer and stuff like that. Now I acknowledge freely that some people don't have any computer design chops and, and might be turned off by the fact that they can't come to me and order a tumbler. But the bottom line is I'm trying to run a business and you know what, if I'm going to spend 45 minutes designing a tumbler to make 20 bucks, they can go to, you know, get her done laser engraving uh, in their, in their neighborhood to the guy that has a K40 with a rotary, they can go find that guy and, and he can spend his hour because he's happy to get that sale. And I'm happy to give that sale to him. Right. You know, but for me, it, it's, it's, you know, finding that, uh, you know, gaining the trust in the people having a well-built site. But then the big thing for me with the website, and this is something that I didn't even realize was the corporate side of things. Right. So, you know, I've done uh, business with some of the, you know, huge companies kind of like, you know, like, uh, last Christmas, I got an email like from Lululemon and they're like, they wanted, you know, a whole bunch of staff tumblers for like their, their Christmas party. Right. And they're like, Oh man, this is like Lululemon. They're huge. Right. Wow. Um, so, you know, I'm, I've been dealing with, you know, I'm quoting out, you know, like some like huge contracts for like, you know, Jameson wellness, which is like a huge vitamin company in Canada. I just did a, you know, a bunch of orders and I've actually become a preferred vendor for several like large co companies like Canada life, one of the largest insurance companies in Canada. Like I'm one of their preferred vendors now and stuff. Right. Um, so getting the, the trust of the businesses also has to have this, like this official feeling to it. Right. They're not, they're not, you know, surfing Insta to find like, you know, laser engraver in my area. They're going to Google. They're saying like, you know, wholesale tumblers, Canada, you know, wholesale custom tumbler, you know, that's what they're searching for, right? They're not, they're not looking in their local area. So, and it's a bit of a different concept, right? And I don't want to say that like social media isn't a part of it. I, I, I fully acknowledge that my social media is like not where it needs to be because a lot of people like my wife, you know, she buys a lot of stuff from like Instagram ads and stuff. And she, that's where she's searching to find her stuff. Right. But for me, Google's a known quantity, right? I put X amount of dollars into Google ads. I can go on analytics and see, so, you know, my ads perform at anywhere from like 700 to 1100% uh, return on ad spend. So that means for every dollar I spend, I'm getting 700 to, or sorry, seven to, to $11 on, on um, like sales, right? So you spend a buck, you get $11 in sales. That's not too bad, right? You spend a buck, you get $2 in sales you're not making any money. Right. So, so it's, it's this real sort of like fine game. Right. So, and, we're, um, so we're saying here, do you, if you're going to do like a website or social media, do the website, start like, start with that official presence. Is that, unless you want to do the job shop thing and you want to be getter done laser engraving. And if you do, that's okay. Or if you're only doing it as a hobby, that's okay. But if you're looking to scale, if you want to grow, website. The website is is the key here. That's that's kind of what I'm hearing. Yeah, that, that, I would say that that sums it up. And I'm sorry if, if you know, I'm sort of to get her done laser engraving. We're not trying to disparage you, but no, uh, we love getting uh, done laser engraving. We with so many people. Know, like, I'm get her done laser engraving with a YouTube channel <laughs> at, at yeah. that current. So no no offense uh, intended or or taken, but um, that's you know I I'm trying to learn here too because. Um, at some point you, you do want to grow and scale. And unless I start a McDonald's chain out of get her done laser engraving and you go from, 
the first, you know, In-N-Out Burger to, you know, 50 In-N-Out Burgers where you're doing this kind of mom and pop shop stuff, you know, with a brand. And that's like a whole different path. But a lot of people aren't going to upgrade that way because that's expensive. A lot of people are going to upgrade the way that you're describing to us here. And that's, I think that's what makes this particular interview so powerful because that's, you know, there, there is a transition that needs to occur and there are decisions that need to be made. You have to let some of those customers go. You have to upgrade your game. You have to level up to that lean process. If you want to scale, that's, that's kind of the trick here. I think is like Mm. the, the, the key word that, that the operative word here is scale and scaling up means letting go of some things that just don't hit those profit lines that you want to see going forward, even if it doesn't necessarily make the most sense. Because like you know, we make lots of money with mom and pop stuff here, but we would definitely have to let a lot of that dead weight go if I ever wanted to take things in the direction that you've done with Atrified. And that's a big decision for a lot of people. I think that could be really scary. You know, do you remember so- making that transition? Let me, um, I don't want to butt in, but so yeah. like I've I spoken to Alex uh, Campbell quite a bit and I'm, I'm, I'm having a website built. I, I'm not making no money. I have zero return, um, but I, I was really intrigued when he started talking on the Discord because my thing is I love social. Well, I haven't been on social media for four years, starting to get back into it. it it's kind of like very daunting. Um, when I spoke to Alex, it kind of solidified like, yeah, I should I should get a website. Um, it, it's it is. I can build a website, but I just offload that to someone else that knows what they're actually doing. And with your recommendation, pretty much that's, I'm kind of headed to that path. Yes, it's not making money. It's not having any traffic right now, but in the future, you know, it it can alleviate that, that well, we're going back and forth with the customer. I love talking to people. Don't get me wrong, but the few things that I've done, I've spent hours it's just good, you know, go up, go down, go left, go right. Like I've spent that time and talking with Alex was more like, okay, I, I need to do the website. So I offloaded that. I have someone else doing the website, how they think it should go with this Akiki plugin. So I'm very happy to get this website done and I'm not making any money, but it's, it's going to be there. It's one of those things that I reached in the pocket and I said, you know what, let's spend the money on that. So. You're in a great position too, Tony, because I feel like with Kind of like how we were talking about last episode, we were talking about the Glowforge, right? And how yes. you wish you could have skipped the Glowforge. I feel like my shop setup right now, where we're doing get or done laser engraving, is kind of like the Glowforge stage a little bit, you know, where um, somebody in Tony's position who can see that path in yeah. advance before they start walking and can start moving in that direction from the beginning is going to have an easier time moving that direction than somebody who's invested a lot of time and resources into the job shop mentality, because that's, and that's, that's kind of bringing me back to the, to the question I'm asking, because it's like, you know, at, you started kind of with like the, the job shop mentality and you evolved out of it. Was that transition difficult? Um, you know, not particularly right. Because, you know, for me, I guess, I, I, I sort of saw the bottleneck, right, uh, of, of being like my time. And, and that's that's the thing, right, is that, you know, like like when I was younger, um, it was, it was you know, time was not the finite resource. It was always money was the finite resource, right? And, you know, as I've gotten older, it's, it, it flips, right? You're like, you know, when you get to the point where you're like, you know, you're in a shop, you get all the gear and stuff like that. You're like, okay, like I have all the gear. Like what, you know, what, what, what's my bottleneck, right? And the bottleneck is time for me, right? So, and, you know, like, not like, you know, philosophically time, you know, like I'm going to die and, you know, how many, it's like, it's more like, just like, 
in a day, there's only so many hours, right? And do mm-hmm. I want to spend those hours, you know, doing value added activity, putting, you know, uh, my, my saying, and if it's burning, it's earning, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, do I want to spend my time, you know, burning cups or do I want to spend my time dealing with, you know, like customer after customer after customer, right? And, and from my experience, the customers that walk in, those are the, those are the neediest customers, right? Like those are the ones that are like, the, that are, that are tough to deal with. Right. And I mean, it's, I would say that, this, and, and I'm not saying like, this is not a path for everyone, right? Like, you know, like for me, I'm, I'm trying to grow my business. Like, you know, like I'm on a path to, you know, I want to have a seven figure business, right? I want to have something where I can, you know, essentially manage a team of people that are manufacturing things. Right. And, you know, for me, you know, and I wish I had this grand strategic document that I was like going off of and said like, you know, three, you know, at any given point in, in this journey, like if you asked me, it's like the, the job, you know, the, the job interview question, well, where do you see yourself in, in five years? I don't know where I see myself in five months, you know, yeah. like, you know, it, it's really just sort of evolved organically. Right. But, you know, like when you want to like build something that that's, that's scalable, you need to like look at all your bottlenecks. Right. And that's really where, you know, I've, really paid a lot of attention to like lean manufacturing concepts. And there's two mm-hmm. like awesome, uh, you know, uh, uh, YouTubers out there. There's John Grimsmo. I don't know if you guys have ever seen Grimsmo knives, like unbelievable stuff like John Grimsmo and then uh, John Saunders with uh, like NYC CNC. Yeah. And they're two guys that like literally started off in their garages and they've built like these like massive, you know, like multi-million dollar businesses. Like, and you've watched them like you like Grimsmo knives. You can go back to like where he's like, you know, like literally on a Tormach in his garage you know, like, like making knives or like actually like a, a modified grizzly, grizzly mill that he right. like did a CNC conversion on to like running a shop with like million dollar machines. Right. And like, but, but for me, it's, it, that's just been the path that I've chosen. Right. And, and that's what it is. Right. But I'm not saying that like, you know, if, if, you know, if you want to run a job shop and you can come up with a, a way to like streamline that. And you're also, you know, not scared to charge the prices. Right. Like you know, this woman that came in and she had like a, a golf, you know, like a, a golf trophy and, and like she wanted like just another line burnt onto a golf trophy. Right. And I'm like, okay, like now it'll be $30. And she looks at me, she's like, I'll give you 20. And I'm just like, you know, like uh, that had never happened before. Like, you know, now I'd probably be like, okay, like, you know, go to the other place that will turn this around t- tomorrow for you. You know, like, right. Oh, wait a minute. They've all shut down. But then also like, to me, it's also, you know, like you look at it in like traditional engraving shops, like there's not very many of them around. Right. And you have to look at like, be like, okay, well, why is there not that many around? anymore right so so it's kind of this this thing and you know i'm also saying that like not saying that like you can't run a successful business off of social media alone but for me it's the time investment that it takes to run that that social media and and like the the amount of time it takes to invest to um to be able to you know interact with people and stuff that's that's a lot of a lot of effort right To, to to you know get a payoff right and the bottom line is that you know, if you're a big corporation, you can, you know, they hire social media managers to do that stuff. If I'm one yeah. person, you know, is my time better off yep. paying a company to manage my Google ads or is my time better off spent, you know, like, like every day going back and forth with people being like, well, um, yeah, can you get this, you know, this color of Yeti Tumblr that was discontinued two years ago? And, you know, that's the only thing I want to buy. And, you know, then, you know, give me something frilly with a unicorn on it, right? Like, like that's just uh, that's just how i've chose yeah. to, to to have my business right you know like you know bottom line is you're getting into this like i did a lot of job shop work right and it, it can be fun but you know it, 
as, as you, you know, if, if you choose to scale, right. I mean, my overhead now for my shop is, is, you know, more money than, you know, I used to make, you know, used to make doing laser engraving, right. Or, or yeah, even like yeah. CNC wood signs. Right. So, I, you know, you know, and that's like the thing is you were saying that, that the bottleneck is time. Now you have a million hats to wear because you're a business owner. What parts of this are you, are you sending out? Are you, are you doing any marketing on your own at all? Or do, do we outsource that? Did you outsource your website design or are you doing that by hand? What parts of this, what parts of this do you find value in maintaining direct control over and which parts are you willing to send out and, and have other people deal with so that you can focus on your business? Um, so this is, this is ever evolving, right? So, um, I, I've always done my own website work and I'll continue to do my own website work. However, um, if I was to, uh, my next hire, like would probably be someone to, uh, that would be good at photography, social media, graphic design. So like I'd probably hire a creative before I'd hire another production person. So, so right now I have one, uh, uh, production assistant. She's an all-star like like she has come in in like two months like since i moved into this new shop like she basically runs production right and right. and honestly um you know on a daily basis like i can sort of be like relatively hands-off with production and you know that that's been absolutely fantastic right so and she works you know five hours a day five days a week and that's been working just like absolutely fantastic and then come christmas time she'll likely move to like a more full-time position right um so, so that's like, like, you know, once you have the system, right. So it's not like, you know, so, so a part of that in lean, lean manufacturing and lean process is building, uh, your entire core values around a system that anyone can do. Right. So it's, it's this turnkey business idea. And there's an excellent book that I'd recommend to anyone who is, has an entrepreneurial spirit at all called the E-Myth. And it's an, it's an, there's an audiobook version of it. The E-Myth Revisited is the one that I, I listen to. And it's awesome. Basically, it, it really talks about like the different hats you need to wear. So there's an entrepreneur that's like the the visionary, the person that's like, okay, they have the growth mindset. There's the manager, this person that's like, okay, I need to order more boxes from Uline, like you know that that type of thing. And you know we need to you know get this stock in. We need to do that. And then there's the technician, right? And the technician is the person that does the work. And the problem is that a lot of us are technicians. In fact, most people are technicians. A dentist is a technician. You're the person that does the actual work. And then all of a sudden you're like, I'm going to run a business. And you have no idea what the actual business is. So for me, figuring out like which hat I want to wear. And for me, I'm finding that the manager entrepreneur hat is, is there. And like, I love the technical aspect. Don't get me wrong. Like I love nerding out about lasers and stuff. But, you know, when it comes down to production, you know, like I, I've now realized that like that sort of stuff I can, you know, and because of the, the systems that we've built around, you know, making this easy and streamlined process to actually get things out the door. I can hire someone now to actually run like the sort of day-to-day production. So I still work on research and development of new items. I still work on the website, all the, you know, purchasing I still do, but you know, that's been a big one. Now, the other piece is that I hired and probably the scariest and best decision I've made is I hired a marketing agency. So one big thing with websites is that there's two ways to get people to your website. There's organic search results and then there's paid search results. Now organic is cheap. That's just someone Google's, you know, laser engraving New York and they find, you know, your, your laser shop, right? The other way, it, and that just shows up in Google search results. The other way is that you pay for your, an ad to show up when someone types in laser engraving New York. And what I found is that that process is so, the ads part of it is so rapidly evolving and all the SEO stuff is like so intense that 
I just like, I didn't have the time to actually like manage that properly. So I hired a company back in April to, uh, first of all, they started off with an audit of my website. So that was like, we're not talking like small fry money, but you know, I've always come into this with the growth mindset, right? Like you need to invest money to make money, you know? Um, so they did an audit of my website and came back and they said, here's all the things that we do. Like all your, you know, none of your photos are tagged properly. You know, so people are searching for things that are not going to come up. Uh, none of your metadata is good, all that stuff. So they did like an SEO analysis of my website, but then they actually looked at like my Google ads campaigns that I was running and they said, okay, like this is kind of a disaster. Like this isn't converting well, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So basically I paid them. A lot, like a lot of money, like $5,000 upfront to do all of the work. So they did all the SEO on my website, helped me really like do a lot of, um, you know, things to like clean up my website and how, how Google finds my website. And when it's crawled by like Google or like, I guess some weirdos probably use Bing, but, uh, you know, but, uh, <laughs> but you know, like, like when in my, yeah. yeah, I don't know what you guys do in Australia, but, uh, <laughs> uh just, just Google. Bing it. Right. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, but, um, but, um, but you know, like, so, so they cleaned that up for me, but then like the expensive part and the part that like, I still question whether like I'm getting the best value out of them. Uh, if I'm not changing my product lineup, it's probably not the best value is that I actually have them on a retainer. Um, so basically on a monthly basis, they go through, they do all my updates with SEO and then they also, uh, optimize my Google ads. They look at what's like keywords. Like, so if I'm spending a lot of money, if someone's, uh, you know, searching like, uh, you know, custom laser engraving, uh, you know, Ontario, and they're looking for like job shop work or something like that. And it's coming up with like my stuff. I'm paying for someone to click on that ad, but it's not getting me anything. So they go through and they clean all that stuff up that I spend as much money as that uh, on that as I spend on actual Google ads. And like right now I have a budget of like $2,000 a month on Google ads. Wow. So, you know, and like offline, I can tell you guys like the sort of like sales numbers I'm doing, but like it's, you know, it's, it's, it, it's been worthwhile. Like my sales since it. I hired this, this yeah. team, uh, my sales have more than doubled since I hired them. And like every month is a, is a record month. And as what we're seeing is that as, as time goes and the SEO stuff is working, um, the SEO it's, it's flipping. So I'm actually getting a higher uh, proportion of organic search results that where people are just searching for, you know, custom, custom personalized items in Canada. And then, then they're, they're finding my stuff. Right. Now, where I'm going to get the value out of them is that, you know, I've focused a lot on tumblers, but now, especially that I've got my big CO2 Galvo working for a wide variety of objects. So things like cutting boards uh, and other items, I'm going to be adding a whole bunch of lineups, right? Because really I want Etchify to be the site where people come, not just for custom tumblers, right? Like, you know, everyone, I have the, um, uh, you guys ever like the Dave Chappelle uh, episode where like he, he's got like the, like, and he's like, you got any more... I can't remember. Yeah. You got it. Yeah, there's a meme about. of that, right? So I have, yeah. I have the meme up here. It's like, you got, y'all got any more of them Yetis, you know, like yeah. it's, it, it's, you know, like, cause people just are like, you know, like I don't want to be just the custom Yeti guy. Right. I want to be the cost, you know, the personalized gifting. Right. And that's like my whole company, like, like, you know, my, my company, like vision is Etchified, make things personal. Like that's our, like, that's our vision, right? Make things personal. So I want to be the site where someone comes to that, you know, grandma's got, uh, you know, 80th birthday coming up. They come on, they buy her uh, a cake pan, you know, someone's got something coming up or groomsman gifts. They buy them cufflinks or they buy them, you know, uh, you know, fidge wallets, uh, you know, or, or whatever. Right. Fidge. So, you know, it's, <laughs> you know, you know, so, so it's, I, I want to be this, you know, like, 
full service personalization, right? Tumblr's has been my, my, my gateway drug to that just because of the demand for them. But really like my vision for the company is this, this whole sort of thing. Right. And where I'm going to get the value out of my marketing team that I, that I'm paying like ghastly amounts of money is when I start doing that is that they're going to help me figure out what keywords and what is actually hitting with that stuff. Right. And then, as I said, like, you know, moving forward, um, because I pay them almost as much as I would pay an employee. And in fact, I could probably hire an employee for what I actually pay. Well, maybe not. I could almost hire an employee. I could hire a halftime employee for sure for like what I pay this company. Mm-hmm. So I think once I'm done the retainer with them, I'll probably look at bringing someone on at least halftime, if not full-time, that's going to be in charge of social media hopefully find someone with some graphic design experience that can do some graphic design stuff for me, do some website maintenance and stuff like that. And then worry about that side of things. Right. And then that frees up my entrepreneurial brain. So that'll be like the managerial side that frees up my like managerial and like entrepreneur brain say like, okay, like how can I grow this? How can I expand this? Right. So I think there's lots of opportunities out there, right. You just have to be able to have the processes in place. What was the name of the book again that you were recommending? So there's two books I'd recommend, um, like like hands down. So the one is uh, the E Myth. It's the E Myth uh, Revisited, and I, I'd have to look on my phone to see who it's by. That's and then another one for anyone that's interested in, like if, if you do like batch batch work at all, like you need to like you need to look up the concept of lean manufacturing, right? Like lean manufacturing has like revolutionized how I do my work. And I like haven't even completely bought into the lean manufacturing. Like, so for instance, I don't have a good inventory management system yet. And that's sort of like one of my next like big things. But like, as far as our production system goes, like we have things like, you know, you, you run, you start running out of Uline boxes, instead of like looking through Uline for your past orders, you like look and say, oh, here's the stack of boxes that's out. Here's the label of like what Uline part number it is let's just order those. Right. Like, you know, so it's, it's all these like little things, right. And like lean manufacturing is all about just like reducing the little things and reducing waste. Right. So like, that's why we have a, a, a production. cell. one of the big wastes of, of, of production is movement. Right. If you have to walk across the shop every time to get a box, you need to pack something or the shipping printers across the shop, then that's wasting time. Right. It's also wasting, uh, you know, uh, reducing your, your your actual waste, like your scrap waste, so rework products. So making sure that, you know, like having systems in place to like check things. So we have tons of burner cups, right? I'd rather, you know, take a spray painted burner cup and, and take the 10 seconds to do a test engrave than I would to wreck a cup because we don't have a graphic right or something like that, right? So it's a lot of these, these you know, tons and tons of concepts. So the book is called The Toyota Way. Um, that's the other book I'd recommend. And it's really a good introduction into lean manufacturing. Right. And there's also some other ones, like there's, um, uh, the lean product playbook and stuff that, that's mm-hmm. also like, how do you, you know, from, from the mindset of like, if you're starting to develop a product, how do you develop this product with the eye to manufacturing? So now, as I say, like I'm bringing in things like dog tags and stuff, what I'm doing is I'm bringing in products now and because I have the etchified manufacturing system, essentially. I can bring in a product now, say like, like a, 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 and I'm not talking dog, military dog tags. I'm talking like pet tags, right? Cause people spend, you know, like the amount of requests I get for, you know, $65 yep. Yeti dog bowls is insane. Right. Yep. But, but you know, like pet tags. So, but because I have this, this lean production system, all it is is me taking a picture of it, uploading it to Zakiki now, and then making them when they come in. Right. So I got, right. and, the, and the fiber laser. So I'm building my fiber laser production cell now, right. That's going to have all of the fiber laser items there with all the boxes, all the packaging stuff, and then basically have the cell. So like some an order comes in for dog tags, you go into the fiber cell, you know, uh, order comes in you, for tumblers, you, got, you go into the tumblers. You've right? got so. 
so much value to provide on that. And I've got a ton of questions too. I really want to cover all of that. We're going to cover it in the Patreon <laughs> bonus episode. It's coming yeah, right sure. up. So um, <laughs> if you guys have enjoyed listening to Alex Campbell and you want to hear what he has to say after I'm done rudely interrupting him, uh, go check out the Patreon episode. <laughs> you can find it over at patreon.com slash laser everything. If you're not already a supporter over there, uh, we've got a bunch of different tiers that provide a lot of different value. The cheapest tier will get you access to that bonus episode. Um, there's other stuff. You can get live streams from the channel, uh, instant access to our CO2 and fiber laser parameter libraries, and just a ton of other value. There's loads and loads of value in there for you. Uh, you go check that out. It's lasereverything.net uh, slash... Um, I, I don't even know what to say. It's patreon.com slash laser everything. I've got so many URLs. Uh, patreon.com slash laser everything. Uh, the ebooks, again, that, that we would want to check out. We'll go ahead and link these all in the description for you so you can check them out. We've got the E Myth Revisited, the Toyota Way, and uh, the Lean Production or the Lean Product, Lean Production Playbook. Is that what it was? Lean Product Playbook. Lean Product Playbook. So we'll, we'll link those down in the description so you can check those out on Alex's recommendation as well. Um, Alex, seriously, man. Thank you so much. You've given away so much value today. I, I, this is probably the most valuable episode of this podcast that, that we've had ever uh, and, yeah, and, and possibly mm-hmm. will have for a long time uh, because it's just been such a, such a concentrated force of energy from you. You really know what you're talking about. You're living it right now. You're not somebody looking back on, on this process from 10 years ago. Uh, this, is, this is all really, really fresh and very, very real. Uh, and I think people are really going to take so much away from from uh, being able to listen to you talk about these subjects. I know that we can uh, we can see you on the Discord. We can have a chat with you on there and and see the kind of stuff that you're actually working on day to day in the shop. Um, but where else will people uh, be able to find you if they wanted to follow you on like social media? I know you do have a couple accounts and and of course your website. Yeah. So uh, so my social media game, as I continuously mentioned, is pretty weak. So if you want to see like my yeah. like one post a month, that's at Etchified on Facebook and Instagram. Perfect. Uh, and uh, and if you want to see like the website and sort of the concepts behind the website, go check out Etchified.com. E-T-C-H-I-F-I-E-D. Excellent. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm sure people will be flocking anywhere they can get exposure to you and your company because, um, again, you've just provided such a tremendous value a today. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't have time to let the other hosts ask their questions, but we are going to have so much time to do that now that we've covered. I think we've checked every single item that we had planned out to talk with Alex Campbell about today on the podcast. We've checked them all off the list. So uh, if you want access again to that Patreon bonus episode, it's coming up right now uh, where the hosts will be able to ask some questions. And and, uh, I've got a couple smaller questions that I want to ask too. We're going to try not to use up too much air time on my questions because that's all I've done all day today. But uh, if you want to listen to that, Please go support the show over at patreon.com slash laser everything. And uh, that's all I've got, guys. Thank you so much for listening or watching if you have uh, been watching on the YouTube channel. And don't forget to rate and review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. It helps us reach more people that can really use this information. And we're all about helping each other out here. That's that's what this is all about. Uh, there's also a link to the Discord in the description and uh, the show notes. So if you want to join an amazing laser community, this is where we met Alex Campbell is on the Discord. Uh, we have almost, I, actually, I think we're well over 700 members now 
on the Discord community. It's an amazing place where people love lasers. They love talking about lasers, business. They share settings and try to help each other figure things out. We're, we're solving problems and encouraging each other. And, and like we'd mentioned earlier, iron sharp, sharpens iron, right? You want to be around these people that have the entrepreneurial mindset. You want to be around these people that have the drive uh, and that are going to bring that positivity into your life. The Discord is the place you really want to be. Um, because you're going to be able to surround yourself with those people, kind of like a co-working space uh, and, and you know, be able to see what other people are working on and, and get help when you need it. So go check that out. Link in the description as well. I blabbed on long enough. Uh, Tony, where can people find you? Etched Ideas on all social media platforms and soon to be etchedideas.com. Excellent. And uh, Gio? Uh, I'm on uh, Instagram and uh, YouTube at uh, Maker Theory, M-A-K-R Theory perfect hopefully by the time this is the second episode in the series maybe by the time this episode releases we'll uh, we'll have an episode from you over at maker theory i'm i'm really excited and uh lithgo lithgo what's up man where can people find out what you're working on uh lithgolights.com uh which is mostly my light stuff but uh slowly working on the laser side uh and on facebook at lithgo lights all right and of course uh on the discord perfect uh again if you want to hear these guys chat stick around for the patreon bonus episode that's going to be up on the patreon alex campbell one last time thank you so much for everything that you shared with us today uh it's it's just been an incredible ride i'm i'm sad it's over so i'm I'm really getting amped up to hop over to the patreon bonus episode and listen to some of that content as well i I really appreciate your time man thank you well yeah you're very very welcome and uh and alex i think that all of us can can say thank you for you know bringing the laser community Mm -hmm. together i've been really been i've been waiting a long time for for you know to have a community coalesce like like this has so between like the discord and the patreon content uh you know i, I thank you because you know you are uh, you know a, a big inspiration to, to a lot of us too so yeah, thanks I, yeah, you know I, we're working really hard to bring people just like really good information and being a patreon supported channel makes that super easy because it's we're beholden to to them and and helping them out uh so you know that's that's the the number one goal but it, it wouldn't be anything without people like you guys willing to share that information so uh thank you again so much for for watching or listening everybody and we'll see you in the next one.